Hello, Warren. Hi there. How are you? It's good. I'm okay. It's uh, another beautiful day uh, here in Atlanta. Yes, it is. Indeed. And um, always nice to be here. Well, good. So what can I tell you about the future of Brandwise that may be interesting to the world? Well, I think there's certainly, uh, you're in a space right now with a lot of, uh, a lot of um, disruption and a lot of turmoil and a lot of uh, what the heck is going on sort of stuff. Right. So I think um, I'd like to know where you are in this. Obviously, you guys have been a, a player on the tech side of, of, of the gift and home business for a long time, but the, the, the target's moving a lot. Indeed. So, so tell me. All right, well, so we really got, we've been developing a, a, our 2.0 platform, which is, you know, we've got 23 years of legacy software. That's how, you know, we've been around for that long. And about three years ago, took the decision that it was time to re-architect it, make it more nimble, more scalable, easier to implement, uh, easier to interact with for our customers, allow more options and things like that. So we've been going down that path pretty consistently, investing, re redesigning, designing, getting ourselves uh, a trajectory. Um, earlier in 2019, uh, end of first quarter-ish, uh, we started hearing a little bit more about some of the disruptive websites that are out in the marketplace that were trying to undercut the reps, undercut the marketplaces, basically come in with the vibrato that we're just going to be the be-all, end-all for wholesale purchasing. So it started some conversations with us, which a number of our agencies, market centers, different stakeholders that came to us asking what Brandwise could do to help with that. So it's sort of uh, re emphasized and re-energized our 2.0 uh, trajectory, more towards getting the websites up, getting the, the new reach site up, which is what the agencies and suppliers use for their business. Okay. And then started more of a discussion around um, global and taking that website to a, a holistic level, more of a marketplace, which when we released BW Connect 10 years ago, it fell on its face because it was before its time. Nobody wanted that marketplace type stuff. Now we're back in that conversation. But what's changed because of disruption which I think will be very beneficial to the industry, is an open-mindedness towards using combined data, like the data that Brandwise has, to help everybody's game go up. Because there's people out there that are getting this data for these third-party sites that have don't care about what's going on with the rest of us. So if we can start to leverage that data to be able to market people to a website that makes sure that the rep gets the order transparently, which is what Brandwise has always done. So whether it's a reach site for an agency or a supplier, or we take it to a global level, a brand-wise global reach site, um, we'll ensure that those orders that are taken on that site go to the territory rep. So they get the, the best of both. The retailer gets to go where they want to buy, but the rep can stay in the middle of that. So that's what we've really been doing this year is starting to get that stuff going and really cranking away on those types of things to help our constituents with that disruption. Okay, so you mentioned that, that uh, you had looked at this 10 years ago as had others, right. and uh, and anybody who tried this uh, uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, uh, you know, three hours ago, basically fell flat on their face. Right. So, what's changed uh, in the perception of both uh, people in the industry and um, uh, uh, just the general population about accepting digital tools now? Uh, I think the biggest thing, the technology's changed considerably. Yeah. So standing up websites and being able to move data around and the internet's faster and stronger than it was um, than, it, than it was 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, images and content around, around websites are more prevalent than they were 10 years ago. People are used to buying. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, people buy on their phones, they buy on their computers. That's where retailers want to go. They didn't want to do that before. Yep. So a lot of the discussion 10 years ago was even, is the internet, what is the internet? Well, <laughs> is it here to stay? Yeah. Well, now it is, right? Everybody gets it. So there's just companies coming in that because of the fragmentation that exists in our industry, it made it easy to disrupt. You know, they could see that there were these opportunities that the industry itself couldn't see. And the benefit of that is now we all see that. So mm-hmm. it opens up opportunities for all of, all of us to get better and figure out better ways to do things. Yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating that you, if you think back 10 years ago, what you bought on Amazon or what you bought online, you know, you bought some books and you bought some DC- right. CDs and maybe you got crazy and, <laughs> you know, and you bought a handkerchief. But um, what you're buying now, uh, it's insane. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, all the way up to houses and, and cars. Right. So uh, the comfort level, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's, it's, there's just a general perception change. Yeah, and it's still, it's, it's not, it doesn't, what's interesting about it is, is we dig into the numbers because we can mm-hmm. look at our numbers over the last few years and we look at the average order size that a rep generates in our world and we look at the, um, the number of reorders and the average customers that reorder year over year over year from a rep is very high, mm-hmm. in excess of 75%. When you look at a lot of these websites where a retailer goes and they don't have a rep dealing with them, it's a lower average order considerably. It's a much lower reorder level. It's a lot of one and done. And if the supplier that's on these sites actually delivers that order to the rep and in some meaningful way, then hopefully that rep works with that retailer and gets the orders going, gets the reorders going, all that type of stuff. But it's it's one of those things that um, isn't, while buying online for retail and buying on Amazon and buy, you know going and buying the one-off thing makes tons of sense, for a retailer to go in and buy from all these various sites starts to become cumbersome. You know, when you had one out there, okay, that's cool, that's right. shiny. Well, now I've got 10 of them out there, and then I'm going to have 20 of them out there. And how many of them interact with my rep and how many of them don't? Who's getting paid and which ones take returns? And now it starts to get really confusing mm-hmm. and it muddies the water. So part of getting the, what Brandwise is doing in 2.0 and a big part of that is starting to message through folks like yourselves and other trade magazines that, you know what, the company that's been taking your orders for the last 23 years is a company called Brandwise. You guys didn't know that before, but they've been there. They're mm-hmm. in your agencies, they're in your suppliers. Now we're sort of uh, coming out front with that of saying, Brandwise is going to do these things that are going to make sure that your sales reps that you trust and these other constituents stay in the mix transparently. So trying to bring that back to center where it's not everybody going to all these disparate places where Mm -hmm. they've got to upload content 15 places and download orders, but coming back sort of to one and say, okay, Brandwise is a trusted partner. Brandwise has tools that keep the reps in the mix. They built a new website. It's beautiful. It works on my phone. It works on a big screen, all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, keeps the rep in the mix. And for us, that's a huge piece of this. Well, and I think your legacy and the fact that the Brandwise has been doing this pretty much before anybody, and, and you've got a working experience with these guys, to me, that's got to be a real advantage to, to, to your positioning. It is. I mean, it's one of those things where the incumbent is always, it, you know, you see the shiny stuff out there and you're like, okay, you've been doing this. When are you going to do this faster? When's right, it coming? Right, all that kind of right. stuff. Um, but even with that, we had a user conference in September, and we had 100 people that came to it, 100 companies. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a great conference. From the perspective, we were able to show the new stuff and have a dialogue that talked about leveraging the data and talked about global websites and talked about how we can keep reps in the mix. Different than we've ever had conversations before. So it kind of went from the beginning of the year to, yeah, we're not interested in those websites and global and yada, 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 to, okay, I get it now. When's it going to be done? And so pretty much every conversation I have with everybody now is that's awesome. When can I have it? 
So now we're starting to deliver. Now it's like, okay, when can I have the next pieces? Which is a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. But it's always hard to be the, you know, it's always hard to maintain your position as the incumbent. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Everybody's got you in their, in their target. and uh, They do. And for us, it's really a matter of focus. Yeah. So it's really easy to get distracted and worry about what the other person's doing. For us, it's just stay the course. We talk to our customers. We think all the time. We're doing better on social. We've got a great marketing and sales team that keep us out in front, trying to mm-hmm. keep everybody informed. But we just need to stay in our lane, continue to do what we're doing, take care of our customers and focus on us. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll be good coming out the other end. And whatever happens around us happens around us. Well, I think, you know, I, I think Satchel Page says, don't look back. You know, there's somebody maybe yeah. gaining on you. So just stay, <laughs> stay, stay, yeah. stay looking, uh, looking forward. So obviously your history and your long relationship with the companies in, in the industry is a real plus. What else do you do uh, and are you going to be doing that uh, might make you more attractive than brand X, Y, or Z? Right. So we know that the, that the web is an important piece, mm-hmm. but it's only a piece. Okay. So our play platform, which is our order taking that the, uh, that the sales reps use, mm-hmm. continues to advance. Um, we've continued to build more presentation components to it. So okay. it produces spectacular presentations with great content which is what's a big deal for reps now. You know, it was all textual in the past. Now it's all about imagery. Right. So, you know, staying on top of that, continuing to build based on what our customers are saying of our core. So we haven't looked away from that at all. We continue to, we've got a whole team that just works on the iPad stuff while everybody else is building the 2.0 and that will move into 2.0. But we'll continue to build more web app type stuff so that you can run it across any device. You know, you can inter- it interacts with the websites, all of that. Okay. But that core of play and then the way that we deal with the back end. So we stumbled into agencies 22 years ago, right? We didn't know what an agency was. And the first companies that came to us to buy our software were agencies. So we sort of got into the agencies, into the multi-line, into all the right. business rules, into the commissions and all that stuff by accident. But we've been there ever since. It wasn't the grand plan? It was. I don't even think there was a grand plan. But when you start thinking about, you know, when I sit down with somebody now as an agency and we talk about the exceptions. Well, I've got this rep that does that and she sells in the same place that my other rep does. And these products are restricted and these are at this price. And they can only sell this to this buyer and on and on and on and on. And, oh, by the way, they split that commission with three other people. I start talking to people about that and it amazes me all of the stuff that we've had to put into this based mm-hmm. on the exception-based business. Yeah. But that's the business. It's not simple, you know, Warren walks into a retailer and sells something and everything just clicks through. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, every one of those suppliers in that line or in, in our database uh, for an agency when we get to the global website has different business rules. They may say we're the same, but they're not. Whether yeah. it's the minimum order reorder, whether they allow case packs, whether they can break case packs, what their minimums are, do they have price lists, do they restrict product, and I could go on for hours about it. That's really the strength of what Bramwise has. Mm-hmm. Whether, you're a, whether you're a supplier, a multi-line agency, an association, it doesn't matter. We can handle that. And the competitors that are coming in, the different disruption that's coming in, is ultimately going to have to deal with that. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. You know, the competitors, and we've got some great competitors out there. We have a lot of respect for them. They've got a beautiful front end. Mm-hmm. It's the back end that's hard. So we had the back end. We had to catch up on the front end. And now okay. we've caught up on that and, and we'll continue to surpass it. But it's, it's building out all of the different things. We've got new analytics um, built into the iPad that are releasing imminently mm-hmm. with mapping, drill through for, for more uh, robust content for the uh, rep to send to the retailer, including downloadable images and more interactive content. Uh, and we'll continue to build on that. 
get more CRM activity within that so they can do appointments and stuff. So we're headed down those paths as well, okay. places that we can benefit our current client base as well as new customers. What's the craziest exception you saw? Oh my God. <laughs> I guess I'll tell a story way back when. So we started uh-huh. in the basement and uh, Firestone, Dick Firestone's company, um, there was a group of them that came out and sat with us and we mm-hmm. had, we'd probably done one or two installations at the time. And we bought a new conference table and conference chairs and we put some drywall up in the basement and we had <laughs> sit around the table. And we spent a day with them and every, after every sentence, it was, okay, how do you handle this? Well, we handle that like this, except. And I, every sentence for an entire day was that. Well, what happens when this rep walks in there? Well, it, it's always like this, except in this except case. Except on alternate Tuesdays, oh, yes. Man. But I think that, you know, it gets... Uh, Though it just it's so variable based on on what's going on with mm-hmm. different users and, and how they're working it. And when we started at the beginning, it was you had ten lines and you had two reps and they each carried mm-hmm. ten lines and they had their territory. Right. Then you got fifty lines and a hundred lines, so you divisionalized. So then you had I've got ten reps, I've got ten divisions, and the reps carry ten lines, but. I may have five reps that go into the same retailer because mm-hmm. now they're not carrying all the lines because it's too many lines. So, you know, it's not just your retailer, it's all of our retailers, okay? Yeah. Well, that's great when, when the rep that carries the line goes into the retailer and sells it. But what happens when another rep goes in or a temporary goes in or mm-hmm. an admin goes in that's not the rep? Right. But that rep still needs to get credit or does mm-hmm. the other rep get credit? So there's all these rules that go behind it that you've got to figure out to make sure that by the time the commission's paid, it's paid out to the right person. And that is by far the most complicated. Got to be. I mean, all the pricing and all the all that stuff is yeah. complicated, but the rocket science is really in how the territories work and how all that stuff's generated. And you have all this memorized, right? Oh, yes. For every customer. <laughs> every customer for every incident. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But that's definitely the most the exception. The most exception based is the back end. Okay. Okay. And throughout Brandwise's history, you've always been adamant that the rep is a critical part of this process. Correct. So obviously, going forward, you're—I mean—you're making sure that that rep is is there as part of the right. equation. Right. And we've always done that. So it's mm-hmm. it's a proven factor, right? Mm-hmm. Our REIT sites do that. The BW Connect site did that, where mm-hmm. it kept the rep in the picture. And we don't want to rely on a supplier to have to determine whether or not they send it on. It's right. just not—you know—it it further fragments things and it and it eliminates the. Uh, the trust factor of what's going on with it. But it's not so much that, you know, we obviously care about the rep because that's a big part of our business always has been. But the fact is that orders with reps are significantly higher, three to three and a half times higher than is they are without much, a rep. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's significant. And okay. it makes sense, right? Because, you know, we've been talking to people throughout the show here, you know, it's more and more of an experience, right? A retailer comes in, they're provided with lunch and mm-hmm. they're provided with a bathtub and they're provided with whatever they want to relax and people Alcohol. go around. Exactly. Well, yes. plenty of alcohol. That's always been that way though. In Colorado, it's a little different. Yes, yes, you but have But they, they go around and are told what to buy. Mm-hmm. Buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy that. So it's very easy for them. It's very comfortable. And as long as they trust their rep that they know mm-hmm. what they should be selling, the experience is awesome for them. I go to a website and I'm looking around. I'm not quite sure what to buy. I want to test things a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more of that. I don't have anybody guiding me through it. And artificial intelligence is not going to get me all the way there. Right. It's going to say, on average, this, if you bought this, you might like that. But where it misses out is the rep going, yeah, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Those guys down the street have it. They have 10 million of them. You don't want to do that. Or we've tried that in this marketplace, and the antlers are too big. It needs to be smaller right. antler chandelier or whatever <laughs> it is, right? It does take a human to do that. Yeah. Um, so I think the difference is, is, you know, the rep is critically important. And, mm-hmm. and as far as I can see into the future, 
the human, and it's coming back, right? It was like greeting cards. Everything was digital. Right. Now the most, of the, you know, somebody handwrites a card, it's the best thing you've ever yep, gotten. Yep. That's the same thing we're talking about here. Digital has a place. It yep. will continue to have a place. But the human factor is gigantic. It's going to continue. That, that has to continue. And sales reps have to take it to the next level. I mean, we've always looked at the industry as order takers and sales reps. Mm -hmm. I would say that the websites are much more along the lines of an order taker than a sales rep. Sales reps look at analytics. Right. They have bigger sales. They've got better relationships. They work more customers. Mm -hmm. They make more money. Order takers have a purpose, yep. but it's different. And I think the websites serve more as an order taker than a sales rep. And probably do it better uh, in many, in many cases. cases. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Now, if you get a great order taker, which there's plenty that have been yes, around the line for a long different. time, yeah. they become more of a sales rep, which right. is more of the consultants and those types of things. And a lot of the agencies and suppliers now are calling them consultants, mm -hmm. calling the reps consultants, which makes sense. I mean, yep. that's what they're doing. They're, yep. I'm here to help you. I'm not just here to sell you stuff. Yep. Yep. So I think they're very important and will be for a long time. And you see uh, independent reps versus as well as agencies Correct. continuing to be yep. uh, important. And they pieces. continue to interchange. And the industries we're in, it's, you know, gift is very heavy on the agency side. Right. Home is less so, a lot, yep. more, um, a lot more independence. Uh, sporting goods, some of our other are a lot more independent. Right. Um, they're both equally important. Mm -hmm. And whether you're you know, an independent rep in the home side that reps five lines, the challenge that you have is exactly the same as an agency rep that has 100 yep. lines. So that, yeah, and again, it's you know, being able to help design, being able to help choose, all that type of stuff. Just the, the goal of a sales rep or the life of a sales rep slash consultant is to be uh, beneficial to that mm -hmm. retailer, not to take their time up, but to make them yep. a better retailer. And I think they can do that better than a website can do that. And I've got to think that your experience in multiple industries has got to be a plus because you, you see more situations, you see more variables, you see some best practices that might be transferred from one industry to another. That's got to be uh, a big part of what you bring to this. It, it is. It's really interesting, right? I mean, you know, when you start in just basic gift where you don't have options of product, it's just basically I, I buy this and I buy this and I buy mm -hmm. this and I buy that. Um, it's pretty straightforward. You get into other ones where they have options where you can buy fabric or you buy different wood and then you yep. get into other stuff where it's by weight and, and all of this type of stuff. It's a very different sell. I mean, you know, you can go into gift where they may have 200 line items or 300 line items on an order and the total of that order is $900. And you go to home and you buy one line item on an order and it's $7,000. Right, right. And everything in between that. But as we look at what's going on with the websites and with the disruption and so on and so forth, it definitely is starting within gift because gift is easier to disrupt. It's easier to get a retailer to go buy gift than it is to go buy furniture. And okay. a good example of that is our CTO has two little tiny chairs by his desk in his office that okay. he bought online. That looked really good online, but they're like miniature chairs. And he doesn't sit in them very No, often. but we sit in them. Okay. I think he maybe he maybe did it on purpose. But the, the, pro, you know, the thing is, it's more difficult to do that online. It's uh -huh. going to get better and better, but it's still, you know, you want to touch and feel that type mm -hmm. of stuff. If you're spending a lot of money on furniture or clothing or things like yeah. that, at least the first time. Where gift is a little bit easier to go online and do. A tchotchke is a tchotchke. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So we learned some of that as we're talking to people in other industries. Mm -hmm. but, you know, this hasn't come to your industry yet, but it will. Mm -hmm. People will figure out how to disrupt all of it. You know, you look at um, AI's part of it, um, the, um, uh, the AR component of it, the artificial intelligence where, you know, you can plop a table onto the picture that you're looking at and sort mm -hmm. of virtually look at that type of stuff, the virtual reality piece of it will make that a little bit better, but it also takes a different buyer. It okay. takes a, a, very, a relatively sophisticated buyer to be able to use some augmented reality and some of this other stuff that's out there on a device to figure out what they're doing versus tapping on something or going to see it in a showroom. But I, I feel like 
you know, we're seeing it in the marketplaces. I mean, they're they're flattening out. There's not as many people coming to market, but the the average dollars that they're buying continue to be good or better than they were before because they're making. Yeah. If I'm going to come to market, I'm going to make it efficient. It's right. It's a business trip. It's on that site. It is. Yeah. 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 But I still think that it's incredibly valuable. Whether it's gift, whether mm -hmm. it's toy, whether it's home, whatever it is, I still think that. For a buyer, it's good for them to get out. It's good for them to see other products. Mm -hmm. Good for them to talk to other buyers. So I don't think, you know, I think all of that physical um, interaction will continue to grow, not shrink. May not. It'll never get back to where it was right. in the markets, but I think it will still be viable for years to come. So, uh, as you said, your your process uh, accounts for market centers continuing to be part of of the equation. Um, any any. Uh, are you willing to hazard a guess on on how much business ends up being done physically in market centers versus on the road versus through digital platforms? I, I think it's going to be for a while a, a relatively kind of even third, third, third. And okay. I, you know, I, where I look at that is that um, depending on the segment, your buyer, I think a buyer is going to come and want to see it or want to meet with a rep and see that stuff. Reorders can then be done online. Okay. Because I already know what it is. So if I'm going to reorder this, mm -hmm. I don't need my rep to come in and show it to me. Yep. So you end up with some of that where, okay, does, how does that count when we're talking about where the orders are placed? But if I can, uh, you know, I know what I'm going to reorder. If I'm reordering stuff, I can do that online. And I'm meeting with my rep or I'm coming to market for new product, new introductions to see what's happening to do that kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, the rep on the road is still going to be critical. Yep. Um, the marketplaces... You know, will they continue to constrict? Will some of the regionals continue to, to go away? Yeah, they will. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have these major markets, whether it ends up just being the IMC world or whether DMC gets a resurgence, uh, which they very well may. Yep. Um, again, everybody's thinking about how to change, how yep. to adapt, how do I make it easier, how do I make it more valuable, how do I keep people there longer? You know, some of the things that we want to do is we want to tie in with the markets. We want to be able to say to a marketplace based on retailer activity that we have in our database, and as we get our passport and transit out, which is the new tools, mm -hmm. we'll have a singular retailer in the entire uh, enterprise of BrandWise. And our ecosystem represents about 290,000 retailers. Okay. So we get those in our database once because that's how they interact right. with BrandWise. They can tokenize credit cards there. They can put their Funbox credentials in. They can leave that stuff behind. They're coming into showrooms or they're, going, they're seeing their reps who are now pulling customer information in, their retailer data. Mm -hmm. And they're controlling that as opposed to all the duplication that goes on. Well, then when you think about that in realm to a marketplace and say, well, you know what, if we work with the marketplaces and say, when a retailer walks in, we can tell you what they've purchased. When they're there, we can tell you, you know, are they purchasing? So if you're bringing, if you're a, a, a association or if you're a marketplace bringing 500 buyers in, you don't know what they're buying. Right. You're not in the show. Those are the types of things that we can provide data on if the industry so desires that help everybody. Because now markets are more relevant. They're bringing people in that are relevant that are buying. We can be uh, pushing alerts out to retailers that are walking by a showroom that they bought something in last time they were here. Okay. Maybe it moved showrooms. Yep. Or maybe just to, to say to them, you know, you opted in to get messaging that's relevant to product you bought. Those are all the types of things that can happen in the new world. Mm -hmm. And our 2.0 platform allows for that. And the singular retailer is the only way to accomplish that. So if you have duplication of retailers like we do today, which everybody does in this right. industry, you can't really do that type of marketing because it's not targeted. You're going to get random stuff. Right. But when you get them tied into one passport, one profile that they manage, it's a game changer. And that's all the stuff that's coming this year with us. And all that stuff is soon. Yeah, well, so passport and transit. So what's the time? Yeah, so passport and transit's now. Okay. So in Dallas and here in Atlanta, 
Uh, we've got a few people here in Atlanta that are yep. uh, going around um, uh, getting people signed up. So the first phase of Passport and Transit is the person at the agency that deals with product files and okay. the person at the supplier that uploads product files. Okay. So everybody creates a passport, which is your just your human factor. It's Todd Litzman at gmail.com. Okay. And then I pull Brandwise in as my company. Okay. And then I reach out to the suppliers. They set up whoever I'm gonna whoever's gonna upload the product file creates a personal passport mm-hmm. and creates their business. Pulls the business in from 1.0 if they're existing, migrates it over, and then can upload their product file through a stepper control that validates all the data and sends the agency a perfect file. Mm-hmm. They just import it in. Where that will go, which has been the way that Brandwise has always worked. We've right. always had the agency control the data. In the in 2.0, as we get further into the year, that data that's getting uploaded through transit will populate the websites and it will populate play. So in other words, our, our offline tools or our offline online, our, our um, order taking tools, like they do with sales orders and customers and images now, it will become dynamic data. Mm-hmm. So that file that's getting uploaded will be instantaneously available to the iPad instead of doing a sync. Okay. So there'll be huge benefit in that and it will also populate the other uh, the website stuff. Okay. So we're out there actively getting people connected through that today. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get enough content to la- start to launch 2.0 and we create value to the retailers, then the retailer passport will kick in. And okay. we'll start working with our customers that have existing reach sites to get their retailers converted over. Then we'll work with all the rest of the retailers that aren't in reach. And we'll get that stakeholder group up in there. Marketplaces, as we continue to dialogue with them when they're interested in this, we'll work with them and associations that we're talking to on tying in Mm -hmm. their registration into our passport. Then once you've done that, you can start getting some of the benefits that we talked about earlier. And then ultimately reps. Where the reps going to see the big value is they don't have to key this data in for their retailers. They don't have to enter credit cards and that kind of stuff. Eventually, there'll be more benefit for them in in the passport world that we have, and we'll get them signed up. But they're kind of the last stakeholder that would see real dramatic value from getting a passport. So, Passport Transit are now. Right. Uh, the first version of Reach will be, we're demoing it now, it'll be ready to release uh, within a month or two. Okay. But there's got to be enough content in the new 2.0 side to make it relevant to turn it on for some. Okay. So, the, the faster an agency can get their suppliers uploading the data, those that are really incentivized to do that will, will be able to turn their Reach sites on pretty quickly. So, what's the first day when somebody hits hits the buy button and it, and it, all, it all goes through? I, I'm hoping that's going to be... Uh, February, March. Okay, okay. And I would think, I, obviously there's a lot of people interested in this, uh, in this business and uh, you, you got a couple of heavy hitters here yeah. um, and they've got, a, uh, some of them have a longer timetable than that. So I would think you've got a window uh, where you can uh, really, uh, not that Brandwise isn't established, but you've got a window where you can say we are here and we are in business and brands X, Y, and Z are not. Yeah, I mean, where it, where it boils down to is what have you done for me lately, which yeah. is a reasonable question, particularly yeah. for yeah, it is. our yeah. customers. And we've been hearing it for a long time and now we're there. So you're right. I mean, our, our opportunity is now we have to get it out the door. That's mm-hmm. the plan. Yeah. Um, we'll continue to iterate on it for the foreseeable future. We've got tools with our Brandwise Insiders where we want our customers to come and help us with what the next priority is mm-hmm. because we have a list as long as this building is tall of what people want to see. Yeah. Some of it's obvious, some of it's not. So we're getting more and more people signed up and more interactivity which has been awesome on that site as we're building this out. What's important to you? And what's not, we're backburnering. What we think may be important, we're actually finally hearing, not finally, but hearing from our customers in reasonable numbers, that's mm-hmm. not important. 
okay. not important yet, which is great because it helps us figure yes, out what's prioritize things. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, but our window right now, I agree with you. I mean, coming into we, we meant to come into January and start getting people signed up and show them what's new and show mm -hmm. them the site, which we're doing. And then as soon as we get out of the markets after Vegas and after pretty much after Vegas, right. start getting people engaged and signed up to when do you want to get your REIT site live? Let's go get your vendors signed up with the product. So you don't plan on doing a lot of sleeping the next couple of months, right? Uh, I haven't for the last few years. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm trying. I, it's, the harder part is not getting any of my staff to sleep. Yes, Every once uh, in a while, okay. they get to snooze a little bit. All right. I mean, you do supply some... Uh, some small pillows in, in pillows, the food, whatever's okay. necessary. You just throw it into the pit, right? Exactly. Yes, and we <laughs> slam the door as fast as possible. So when when you started Brandwise, I mean, could you have imagined that this is where it was going? You know, it's interesting. I don't think we could imagine anything when we started. The yeah. Company. Um, and you know, we started on a gigantic server with uh, you know the the big the Fujitsu laptops and one megabit yeah. internet. And that um, was insane. That was, a megabit. Oh my god. Yeah, yes. Unbelievable. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just evolved significantly. And when you get, you know, when you've got a long legacy like we do, which every company does that's been around for a long time, yeah. you've got to rethink things. You've got to re-architect. You've got to redesign. So the advantage that somebody has that's come in in recent years is the technology on the front end is a better technology. It's more nimble. What they don't have is 23 years of experience. Yeah. They don't have the infrastructure and they don't have the architecture and they don't have the know-how. So our advantage is that as we're building these out, that just comes right along with it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end up with a front end that's spectacular and beautiful and nimble and all that type of stuff. But we have the know-how and everything that just goes right along with it. But I, I think it's hard. Technology changes so fast. It's hard to see what's coming out in two weeks. Yeah. It's just all over the place. I, I, I can imagine that in trying to project where things are going to be, it's got to be impossible. You can't. You really can't have anybody that says, what's your five-year yeah. plan? I, I think if you have a five-year plan, I think that's a flaw. I mean, you got to work on what's right in front of you and then yep. just pass that, yep. in my opinion, yep. to make sure that you're staying. You're not over-engineering, which we've certainly been guilty of in the past. You're just trying to keep up with what mm -hmm. makes sense and be able to pivot when necessary. And if you're too far out, I think that's difficult. So do you see a tipping point for kind of when there's people have stopped talking about this and it just becomes, oh, yeah, you know, it's like the old order pad. This is the way we do business. Right. I, I think we're getting we're getting closer to that. Yeah. So some of the noise is, is part of it's because we're in market, right? But some mm -hmm. of the noise about the disruption and the and the uh, anxiety has settled a little bit mm -hmm. um, as we continue to message and everybody. I mean, right now everybody's still trying to figure out the other pieces. You know, what what are the marts going to do? What's going to happen with right. with other technology companies? What's going to happen with the disruption? How many more people are going to come into the game? Yep, yep. What do retailers really want? Um, so I, I think we're, you know, maybe 2020 is going to be, a, you know, a, a forward going year in 2021. Yeah. We start to get a little bit more into this becoming yeah. a norm. I think it's going to take probably that course. And those rumors that Jeff Bezos has, is, has, has got a $10 billion check with your name on it, uh, we shouldn't believe that, huh? I, I believe that, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I would, I would take that happily and build things out very quickly. I understand that. But, I, I uh, no, understand that is that. Not, uh, that is not the case, unfortunately. Well, it's a fascinating time. You know, I think uh, um, obviously all of business is in, is in great transition. But this particular aspect of it, I mean, this is a seminal change in the way this industry does goes about its business. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think you're right. It's very hard to predict where it's going to eventually play out. Yep. But it's going to be very different than it is now. It, no matter what, it's yep. going to be different. Yep. It's a matter of what the balance is going to be to your, your question earlier. And I, I think, you know, if reps are adamant about it and 
everybody stays in and pushes through, the reps will have a big piece in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that's going to be, it's different than anything we've ever been through. Yep. I mean, in the time that I've been in it, it's the most fundamental uh, rift or change in the way that business is being done. But I think it's a positive change. Well, I think I think if it if it allows business to be done better, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And it makes the world a, a better place for tchotchkes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Tchotchkes <laughs> and more. That's our goal for everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, good luck with it. Well, thank and you very I, much. I can't wait to see uh, how it all plays out. Neither can we. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Thank you. Thanks, Warren. Appreciate it.